Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi everybody and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath podcast and I'm delighted to say that I have got a very, very, very overdue conversation with the Diane, the man that knows everything about the Villa Academy, um, AVFC, at AVFC Academy on Twitter, uh, the Villa Academy is here with me to chat all things about our young starlets, um, those who are trying to make their way in the game, I suppose, not just at Aston Villa Football Club and, and to see how the progression has been uh, over the last couple of months and, and maybe even a year because I know we've spoken before and I was only going back through our Twitter chats and it's coming up, it was last last July when we last spoke. And look, I know everybody thinks very highly about what you think, but if they don't, they should. Because last time we spoke, you pinpointed Caden Young as being the man. If I'm not mistaken, didn't you? <laughs> That's I, I love. I love to come back to that. <laughs> Every time he scores a goal, I search the tweet and and I bring it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and, and that like we spoke about Caden Young on the on, on the podcast last time that you were on, and hopefully, hopefully you're going to be able to tell us about other starlets that we have that are maybe going under the the, the radar at the moment. But I think what's going to be pertinent is to. We're recording this on Monday. Um, I think the contract offerings are coming out this week sometime. Um, you'll be able to tell me better better than this, but I, th- I think they're coming out this week to the to the players, the retained lists and so on like that um, should be made known quite soon. Um, so if anybody, if we do talk with somebody and we, all, and we find out, oh, wait a minute, Villa haven't offered him a contract, bear that in mind that we're doing it before any of those contracts have been offered uh, just yet. But let's talk about that whole process, I suppose, first of all, because it is quite cutthroat. And sometimes because of, because, you know, academies are based on age groups, you just can't keep everybody. And well, I suppose, what's your view on that? And, you know, is there is, is there somebody that you think may be a casualty of maybe poor timing or just villain not being able to accommodate them um, now that the age group process, I suppose, has become a small bit more constrained? So uh, I think academy football in general is known to be quite th- uh, cutthroat. So um, there was a, a documentary that went out um, about the Crystal Palace Academy on Channel 4 in uh, the UK, and, and it was it was really good and insightful on the whole process um i think at this age group if we're talking about the 21s and 18s that's probably where it rears its head most because they're the closest ones to to needing to find a career and and do something with it um and so for 
for that to almost sort of be threatened um, is is quite a big thing. I think um, <clears throat> the players that are coming um, to, to the end of their contract, there is. I think I'm 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 kind of hesitant to say what I what I, I want to say, but I, I, if I'm being completely honest, I, I'm I'm not certain on how many will be offered deals, partly because of the the sort of restructuring that they're trying to to push through with the academy, where the academy in general becomes younger, um, and so some of the guys who are out of contract, like Yorajan Royke or Seb Revan. Um, because of their age, more than anything, I think they need to go away from Villa and find a club where they're going to be playing men's football week in, week out. Um, and although being released is portrayed as a bad thing, I think actually in those circumstances it can kind of be a good um, step into into actually making it in men's football. I think the I think the thing that people will be surprised in hearing um, that or the reason people will be surprised in hearing that is because those have been two of the names that you see every week popping up um, with impressive performances and that I think sort of lies the problem um, is that these guys should not be playing on the 21s football anymore they're, they're men and they're, and they're ready to play men's football they've both had loan moves um, where they've not massively impressed or they've or they've found it found it hard to sort of tie down a position but I, I think it, it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of seen as the probably the lesser of two evils for them to be released to to find clubs um the the, the other thing we kind of need to weigh in is is there there are a couple of players who are coming to the end of their contracts like Sil Swinkles, who has just picked up an yeah. ACL injury, and I, I think in these sorts or, or these sorts of circumstances, um, the club may actually look to offer a one-year deal, for example. So he has to, he has facilities. Even if he does get released, I think they will offer facilities for him to come in and train to get back to full fitness, with the idea of him being ready to to look for another club. Um, I think if you would have asked me this before Emery came in, I would have said Sil Swinkles is, is probably one that will need to move on. Again, probably more so because of age. But um, he's had that little bit of involvement with Emery. But, um, the, the information that I have gotten is that Emery's preference of the, the sort of under-21 centre-backs is Sil Swinkles. Um, Interesting. He's been he's been involved in the obviously we saw in the first team squad against Man City, um, and it's it's kind of been an interesting one because he's had his injury difficulties even this season before picking up the injury. Um, I think then the 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 difficulty is how you balance that with the the sort of recruitment side of things where we've picked up Josh Feeney from another club, we've picked up Kerr Smith from another club, and these guys need to be given opportunity to develop themselves. Swinkles himself obviously came from um, the Netherlands. Um, it'll be, I'm half and half with him. I have a feeling that maybe they will offer him a one-year deal uh, just because of the, the situation. 
Talk to me, actually. It's one thing I'm very interested in. I'd love to get your take on it as well. Is specifically the centre half position. Um, when you look at the players that we have, or I suppose the 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 positions that you have in in modern football, um, at the top top level, unless you're an absolute can't miss prospect, you don't really tend to get thrown into the deep end at, at a centre half for obvious reasons because any mistake and it, and it's curtains. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Of of the, that depth chart that we have there, you know, you've got the likes of Lamar Bogard, who's gone out and loan to, to Bristol Rovers, playing him a bit in the defensive midfielder position, playing a bit of right back position there on his, on his loan deal. Uh, you've got Josh Feeney, who Stephen Gerrard would have preferred and had him involved with a couple of squads as well. Obviously, we know him. Fleetwood played a couple of games with Fleetwood, ball playing um, centre half as such. What's the pipeline like there for us? And 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 I know I'm not going to hold you to this, but is the, like what's the expectation of any of those actually cracking the first team and first team football? So I think part of the issue is that defenders in general struggle to to get opportunities mm. um, within um, well when making the transition from academy to first team. Um, I think if you were to ask me who who would be ready now, um, I, I would probably say Kerr Smith. Um, he's got that experience of men's football at uh, Dundee United. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when I watch him, he's someone who won't um, struggle physically. And I think that is probably the biggest thing that maybe the coaches look at. Are they going to be dominated physically by um, a big, strong, seasoned Premier League striker. Um, I, I think if you're then looking at who, who else is there, Josh Feeney, um, he, he's... We need to really not forget um, his age. Yeah. Um, he, he came to us with massive hype at 16. Um, he, he's only 17 now, so... Um, there is still time for him. I, I think the, the biggest thing I, I would probably say with Josh Feeney, the on-field attributes are there, um, i.e. your passing, um, identification of, of like good routes and um, all your sort of uh, defensive fundamentals. I think actually the thing for him is, is filling out his body. Um, yeah. he, he's still, he's tall, he's, but he's quite lanky. Uh, and so, I think once he he adds a bit of muscle um, and fills out a bit more, he'll be someone who who looks a little bit more ready for the the challenge of men's football. The um, probably the closest barometer that we have is when our academy sides or or the under twenty ones play in uh, the Papa John's Trophy. Yes, and didn't fare too well this year. No, uh, and that it, it kind of plays into my thinking is that, generally speaking, these are the 
uh, these are the uh, teams that we should be coming up against. And if they're playing for the first team, we'd be saying we need to be beating these teams 10, out, 10 times out of 10. And so, yes, you can caveat it with the fact that they're playing in a back four and the, there's just more than one person who is responsible for um, for the defence in those games. But when you're conceding the number of goals that we're conceding in those games, you probably have to have to question whether physicality is, is the main thing that is the gap that needs to be bridged before mm. they can make the step up. And that and, and the reason I asked that question was because it was all the more perplexing for me when, you know, we did and I know Diego Carlos was coming back, but when we left ourselves with the potential of, you know, having a, a only three fit centre halves there for a good portion of of the of of uh, the season potentially after we let Jan Bednarek go and you know a lot of the conversation was well just elevate Josh Feeney or elevate Sils Finkels or whatever but the the physical element is just like it's gone to another level at the moment and while I've no doubt that Josh Feeney could have come in and passed the ball around and looked good um you know fit the filling out of the body is is uh, something he does need to do and it's something I thought as well and I was almost even going to email him and ask him did he want to spend a weekend with me I'd put a couple of pounds in his <laughs> yeah but it wouldn't be in muscle I can tell you that much anyway but um yeah it's, it's one of the areas I think that uh you know of all the areas of development I think within the academy it's what yeah I, I agree with you on that one I, I it was a pointed question that I asked you because not every single group of players is going to have a Garrett Barry who can jump in at 17, 18 years of age and look the part in a back three or look the part in a back four or whatever the case is. They're pretty unicorns. They're pretty much unicorns when something like that happens, specifically for, for the centre-half position. And, um, you know, every team is striving for them. And hopefully we will get somebody uh, from, from that at the moment. And if we were to move, I suppose, actually, yeah, we'll move on to the midfield area there. And you mentioned Ari- Arian Reiki. Um did you, what, your, your thoughts are that he potentially could be a casualty of, I suppose, just the, the, a numbers game and the fact that his age doesn't line up. Is, is there anybody, I suppose, within that room that you have high hopes for that maybe isn't being heralded as much as they should be? Because we've seen previously the likes of Tommy O'Reilly was featured under Stephen Gerrard um, and, and so on. There was other, other players like that as well. Is there anybody else in there that you were thinking? Because like we see Declan Firth scoring every second game. But he's mm. unlikely to probably make it at Aston Villa. That's the and they're the, the thin margins. So who would be your kind of tip for the top in that midfield position? So it, it, it's been an interesting one this season with the under twenty one. So we started with Hayden Lindley going out on loan, um, yes. and that loan move didn't really pan out. He's come back to Villa, and so the majority of the season actually has been these more experienced guys playing in the midfield. So we haven't really had the opportunity to look at um, the guys maybe from the 18s who who play the same position. Um, one of the guys that has interested me when I've been able to watch the 18s, um, so actually there's a couple of guys. So we've got Todd Alcock, who yes. has flirted with... Um, uh, a sort of regular position in the under twenty ones. Um, he's your so- kind of um, numbers passer, so he, he gets a high volume of passes off. He, he's kind of kind of sit in that six position and and can dictate from there. Um, he impressed me in the game. Uh, we played Middlesbrough at Bodymore, 
about a month ago now, and I think it finished something stupid like six four. Um, and Todd Alcock played a good game that that day. Um, it, it, and obviously the the things that go hand in hand with that position, like your perception of of danger and and things like that, your positioning on the field. Um, to know where to be on the pitch when when uh, the the other team is uh, attacking or countering those sorts of things, um, he's really proficient at. Um, he, he, I think he's one of those players where you would look at him and say um, he's seven out of ten at everything, but there's no one particular aspect of his game yes. that you would say right that's really excellent. Um, and so. It'll be interesting to see how maybe next season goes for him. I'm, I'm not sure whether a low move might be in the odd thing, um, but he's someone who I think we'll see a lot more of for the under-21s. Uh, moving beyond Alcock, um, obviously a little bit further forward on the field, but uh, uh, Mari Kellerman has really had a breakthrough mm. season. Um, he's been... I think if you were to to name a player um, who has sort of had the the biggest breakout this year, it it would be him. Um, he's gone from someone who came in and, and obviously was playing for the under 18s most weeks to really being one of the first names on the team sheet for the twenty ones. I think um, he's um, really dynamic. Um, he can play obviously. Um, further forward in attack, uh, they use him um, sort of like as a ten uh, for the 18s. And when I've watched him, it's, it's just that real positive attitude. Everything, every time he gets the ball, it's forward. And the the skill set that goes alongside with that. So he's really um, technical in tight areas. He can he, he wants to draw defenders into tight spaces because he's confident to beat them. And then the composure uh, in the final third. If that's a late late run from the ten position, or he's cutting inside as as more of an inside forward, um, the composure when he gets into the final uh, the final third because he, he's picked up a, a number of goals for the under twenty ones, and I think that's a big thing when you're playing mm. your first season of under twenty one football. It's just showing you are capable of of doing the thing that you you should be doing. Can I ask a question about two players as well? Actually, three players, and and you know, you can be as concise or as uh, or as long, and the answers as you want. Then this one before we move into the striking department, because I have a fair idea who you're going to be talking about quite a lot in the striking department as the one to watch, and I think most <laughs> people will know as well. But a Johnny Virtual, somebody who's came from Bournemouth. Uh, I yes. I just looked up his age there. He's turned eighteen, uh, and and he obviously got his his first cap for for Bournemouth. He's only sixteen years of age, so. Uh, I like some on him as well. Obviously, we've got Ky- Kyrie Pierre as well. Yes. He's a bit more. He's a bit young. More. He's a bit younger. Um, I think it was Peterborough or somebody. I think we signed him from, and uh, Bristol uh, Rovers. And then uh, Ewan Simpson came down from Hearts yes. as well. Um, so what's your thoughts on the three of those guys? Obviously, I think Ajani Burchill being here the longest and having had made his senior debut at sixteen, that's probably someone that. I'm a bit surprised we haven't seen more from him or heard more from him. So the the issue with Ayani uh, Birchall is injuries. Um, mm-hmm. Since he came in, he uh, one of his first games was a 10-0 win over Norwich in the under-18s. And then that. since then, he, he's had just a horrible time with injuries. I think he missed a good portion of last season. Um, came back into pre-season again this 
and uh, had a season-ending injury uh, in pre-season. So uh, just unfortunate circumstances, really. And I think these are the times where you see players being, uh, he will be given a little bit more time. Um, and hopefully we see more of him uh, because he, he's someone who, uh, at full fitness, when he came to Villa, there would have been extremely high hopes for. Um, the other two players that you mentioned, Corey Pierre. So, again, I think I'd probably put him in that bracket of not really one outstanding attribute. So, he, he, he's been used in a number of positions. He gets used as an 8, as a 10. Um, he's been uh, played on the left wing. Um, he came off the under-21s at right wing. Um, and so he's playing a variety of positions. So I, I think that tells you how highly they think of him to be putting him in game situations where he's maybe not playing his favoured role or his best role. So, um, but yeah, I think someone who, similar to um, Amari Kellyman, um, he, he's looking to do that same thing. So again, comfortable in tight space. He's, a, he's maybe a bit more um, of a box-to-box midfielder. Um, he, he's got that sort of drive um, to get forward and back, whether that's running late into the box out or um, I don't know, fast break from a corner. He's the one sprinting the length of the pitch to, to, to cover. Um Left-footed, Pierre left-footed, and and so uh, I think that adds another dynamic. Um, And then Ewan Simpson, yeah, he's. I've been really interested by him uh, whenever I've been able to watch him. Obviously, coverage of the under-18s is a little bit less. Um, He's more your sort of technical, uh, what's the word, Um, a little bit smaller. Uh, in terms of stature, so he's more your sort of stereotypical ten, um, one who will pick it up and and look for that key pass or um, dictate games just from his uh, ability on the ball. Um, one of the things that I noticed, and this was in the FA Youth Cup loss to Southampton, is that um, I think there is still a little bit of growth there physically to come and. I think in that Southampton game, we did just uh, get dominated a little bit physically. Um, And so Simpson was probably the one who suffered most from that because in those tight areas where you need to be picking up, um, well, the second balls, uh, we were were just getting battered. And so there wasn't any any possession for him to, to really... Uh, create from but again it's someone who, who's had a real positive impact uh, on the under 18s he scored uh, multiple throughout this run to the, to the under 18 Premier League final um, and so he'll probably be in the starting lineup for, for that final so uh, again it'll be an interesting one to see to see how he plays Excellent moving on to the strikers department though you've already mentioned Omari Kellyman so we're going to omit him from the conversation here but look the jewel in the crown I think at the moment is is a certain Rory Wilson came down from Rangers with a huge pedigree has lived up to it so far. Um, but what can we expect from him? And are there any like what what does that striking department specifically? I suppose for the under eighteen team because 
with the with the the under twenty ones, you know, it's it's the the regular guys, I suppose, really. Of the Brad Youngs are still there, and the, um, you know, players that maybe we know a small bit more about. But what do the under eighteens kind of hold? So I think this has probably been the biggest positive for the under under eighteens this season. Obviously, you've got Roy Wilson. There's a, uh, Charlie Lutz as well, who scored. Yep. Um, he's actually our, our top scorer in the under eighteen Premier League. Um, Wilson, I think the thing that you're looking for um, for someone with this hype around him um, is that his fundamentals are just so good. Um, his ball striking, his um, understanding of what finish and when. Um, I think that's the thing that sort of separates him from other players of his age group. The important thing, I think, will be how that translates to men's football. Mm. So I think it's one thing playing against guys who potentially aren't going to make it as professional footballers um, to then go from that to, if we see him in the Papa John's Trophy next season, how, how can he... Uh, create those chances for himself how is his movement against those more seasoned experienced defenders that he'll be coming up against um i guess the one thing that you would say is that he scored um a, a couple of goals from memory in the uh, birmingham senior cup this season and so that tells me that he's he's picking up good areas yeah. I, I think he's the kind of player that will always score goals um it's it's about that that rest of the game as well and again, thinking back to that FA Youth Cup game against Southampton, I think that's one area where he struggled a little bit in, in adding that sort of um, your team's under the pump. You need a bit of um, pressure taken off in the game. You need a bit of respite, and and we weren't we weren't getting it. We weren't getting any sort of hold up in their final third, and, and so that's probably one area to improve. Um, I think the one thing I'm I'm conscious of with Rory Wilson is is that the people, I think the hype has gone massively, massively over what we haven't learned our lesson from Louis Barry, <laughs> and I, I see people talking about surprise that he's not in Premier League squads and things like that, and I'm like, I don't think he's ready for a Premier League squad if I'm being mm. completely honest. Um, yeah, he's definitely someone with the the talent and and the skills to to be going uh, that far maybe after maybe after six more months of Premier League two football at the start of next season we'll be talking about someone who can get minutes in the cup or or minutes in the Premier League but I think at the moment it would be more damaging to him than beneficial to to throw him in a Premier League game where. If we're being honest, I'd expect him to to be eaten up a little bit by by Premier League defenders. Yeah, and I was being a bit facetious when I mentioned Louis Barry. Obviously, yes. Louis Barry <laughs> out and loan at the moment. He still has all the potential in the world, and and uh, I think the club are doing a good job in kind of managing him at the moment. Albeit that we would like to see his loan moves be a bit more fruitful from playing time point of views and so on like that. But there's one last player, and I know that you're. I've got a hard uh, finish for this as well. I need to. I, I need to jump off sooner. I know you do too. There's one last player I want to chat about because. He's a player that's always interested me and uh, at, at a kind of an underage level, he seems to be getting a lot of international kind of uh, recognition or at least talked about it in that way. And that's uh, right back, Jaden Barber. Talk to me a small bit about him because um, 
I've been told to be excited about him as a as a mm. prospect for a, as a right back. Um, what's the lowdown on him? So uh, we were having a, a quick chat before before mm. recording about uh, Jaden, and and I, I think the if we were talking stylistically of a comparison, um, actually I'd, I'd probably compare him. Uh, probably closest to someone like your Kane Kessler Hayden. So he's someone who can be dynamic on the ball. He's a really good dribbler. Um not afraid to come inside. He's got good pace on the counter attack. Um and so he's more or less your modern fullback in that he's probably better at attacking than he is defending. Mm. Um I, I I think it's it's again it's been a bit of a funny season for him. So at the end of last season, he was more or less a regular with the under-21s um, and has been pushed down to the under-18s um, and, to all intents and purposes, been performing well, as you'd expect from someone with experience of under-24 on football going back down to the 18s. But um, I think we'll see more of him for the 21s uh, next season. He's someone I'm also excited to see a lot more of because the bits that we did see are really exciting. So someone, like we said, who who can really affect the attack from that right-back position. And then thinking forward for how that translate to, uh, translates to what the first team tried to do. Um, if we wanted to have that sort of more expressive, um, more direct attacking fullback on that right-hand side. Barber is, is someone who could be putting his name into that hat um, maybe after a, a season of under-21s next year. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting because, as I say, we've spoken about a lot of players there and we've, you know, Aston Villa have good talent in a lot of areas, but you need that little bit of luck to be able to make it happen. You need that little bit of, uh, I suppose, exposure. Exposure to football is what, what what you need. And you made a really interesting point there about Rory Wilson a moment ago about, yeah, do we keep him out of playing underage games so that he can have the experience of going to a match day squad with the with the, the senior team? And uh, it really is about, you know, you get better at the game of football by playing the game of football. And somebody like Jaden Barber, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much of how how much trust is putting in from that right back position, you know, with the with an older age group, you know, uh, next year as well? Because as I say, he's um, he's one that the academy think highly of, and uh, and uh, you know, they're the areas that you tend to see players break into teams a bit easier. You know, the the um, the Luke Thomases of um, at Leicester, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, you know, at Liverpool, so on and so forth. You know, you can people can point to to fullbacks kind of getting a run in the game um, more so than centre-halves. So that's really, really interesting. Um, listen, I am really thrilled, and thank you so much for popping on today. I really appreciate your time. For anybody who isn't following at Academy AVFC, I think I said at AVFC Academy at the very start. <laughs> I do apologise. At AVFC Academy is a poor imitation of at Academy AVFC uh, on Twitter. I, I really appreciate your time today. And uh, thank you so much for for uh, coming on to chat to us about all things Aston Villa. It's, uh, 
my pleasure. Uh, I think we said before we probably we probably should do this a little bit more. There's quite a lot yeah. happening in the academy. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, we'll I, I, as I said at the start, I was looking through my my our chats here, and it's all about yeah. Are you free to come on next week? Yeah, I should be. Message <laughs> me. Give me a shout later, closer to the date, and then it's yeah. Are you free to come on next week? And it's never a case of <laughs> give me a shout closer to the date. So this should be a more. Um, uh, this should definitely be more regular chat and, and I hope to make it because you know everything there is to know and, and I really appreciate that insight as well because it's very tough for us to find a lot of information over this side of the pond um, with regards to the underage setup. So so thank you so much. No worries. Uh, I think it's in general, it is just hard to get information on the academy to begin yeah. with. Um, we, were, we were talking briefly about that, weren't we? So yeah, yeah. Um, at any time really, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to dedicate myself to a bit more than what we have been doing. Excellent. Really, I'm going to hold you to that. Um, so thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And thank you so much, everybody, for watching. I really appreciate your your uh, your time today. Um, obviously, if you're not following um, if you're not following the Vida Academy on Twitter, get following there. And for us ourselves as well, if you give this podcast a thumbs up or if you listen to it on the audio uh, on the audio podcast, rob your friend's phone and sign him up for the audio podcast as well. <laughs> as well, it, it's free. So as somebody said to me, your podcast costs, costs free ninety nine. And uh, I said, yeah, it is. It's a free podcast. So just sign him up for it and click on the thumbs up button on YouTube as well and, and his phone. And uh, let's see if we can get those numbers rocketing upwards. But I appreciate everything all you listeners do for the podcast. Until the next time, stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network.